Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What doesn't happen often is leaders don't slow down and think about what their influence is. They don't think about it in that tactical perspective. And if we slow down, like you and I just talked about, we can be more positive sooner and we can influence, have a better influence on the foundation of our areas of it. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. This is our last episode of 2023, and it's a cold day here in North Carolina. This episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Ignite Management Services and Liberty Strength. These sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I want to remind you that the Qualified Leadership Book Series, which includes all three of my best-selling leadership books, is now available on my website, johnsrenny.com. You get all three books for 15% off the Amazon and Barnes & Noble price, but this offer is only available on my website. This is a perfect way to get 2024 off to a powerful start. So check it out at johnsrenny.com. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about positive influence, and my guest is Dr. Brian Smith. Brian is the author of a new book called Positive Influence, Be the I in Team, where he helps leaders transform their influence into a force for good. Now, I really enjoy talking to Brian about this important topic, and I know you will as well. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Brian Smith. Brian is the founder and senior managing partner of IA Business Advisors, a management consulting firm that has worked with more than 19,000 CEOs, entrepreneurs, managers, and employees worldwide. Together with his daughter, Mary Griffin, Brian has authored a new book called Positive Influence, Be the I in Team. This book instructs readers in the fine art of transforming their influence into a force for good for themselves, their teams, and the environment around them. Now, John Maxwell famously once said, leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. So I'm excited to have Brian on the show to learn more about positive influence. So Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks, John, for having me. Yeah, it's good to meet you, and I'm excited to talk about the idea of influence. But 
first of all, let's dive into the subject of positive influence. What is positive influence and what does it mean for, for a leader to embrace their own positive influence? Yeah, I think, you know, for us, positive influence is amazingly subjective. It's subjective to the individual, but it's also subjective to those that we influence. So we try to help people understand what their influence is, understand maybe where gaps they might have. And when we help them identify that, they can create these areas of influence that are positive that they have a much better understanding of and much more control over. Oftentimes as leaders, we go through our areas of influence and we really don't think about having a positive effect or a negative effect. We're always focused on an issue or a solution or another issue. And we don't think about the ripple effect, uh, how we might be influencing people downline from us. So we get people to slow down and develop and build positive influence in their own spheres of influence. Okay, that makes sense. Um, now, when it comes to the, you know positive influence, is it the same? In other words, does a leader in, influence every person the same way, or do they work to find an individual uh, way to influence each individual person that, that's on their team? Yeah, so our first book was actually entitled Individual Influence, Find the I in Team. So and not every interaction is the same. That's what's so interesting and unique about our body of work is that we understand that individuals and individuals to us might be a single person, two people working as one, a whole team working as one, whatever that is, it's an individual. So leaders influence on the individual can be very different from one individual to another, however it's defined. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you say uh, that individual and influence are synonymous. What does that mean? Every single human has influence. Okay. Not every single human understands that they have influence. And the way I can clearly define that is every human was influencing before they were born. As soon as our parents found out that they were pregnant with us, we were changing lives. And it didn't matter what we were going to grow up to be. We were already influencing and we mattered. That doesn't change. So for us, influence and individual are synonymous because every individual has influence. That makes a lot of sense because you see like, um, you know, like sometimes you'll be out to eat and you'll see the couple, the family next next to your table, you know, with a kid in a high chair and they keep throwing the spoon on the ground. And then the parent, the, the mom will bend over, keep picking up where the father and they're they're manipulating that you could tell that it's it's happening right they're they're influencing they're getting what they want and yet they're this young age they don't understand anything they don't understand the word influence yet they are influencing that family at that time it's really interesting that you say we're doing it from even before we're born that's that's right yeah that's interesting um so what um what what qualities tend to lend themselves more towards positive influence? Well, I, I think that people who slow down, people that listen to learn, learn about the other humans in their life, uh, I think it's the key advantage of a leader is that we listen to the people that we influence and we understand what it is 
they need from us and what it is we have to give them to be successful. You can't be a leader if you're not giving. Um, if you're always taking, you're not really a leader. So I think it's really important to listen. I also think it's really important to lead by example, not just by words. And those two are probably the the two that we try to instill in our clients and in our team members uh, everywhere all the time. I, I like that you bring that up. Uh, one of the things I, I talk to graduate students, um, I do, I do uh I do a little leadership presentation to graduate students. And one of the things, uh, a story I tell them is my, like my first, my first days on board a nuclear submarine when, I'm, when I was brand new and I was given a team, the reactor controls team. And I was told that, that I was their leader. And when I looked around the team, I realized that I, every one of my, every one of my sailors had, was more experienced than me and they were older than me. And yet I was the guy in charge. And the reason I bring the story up is because these these students uh, one day are going to be in that situation where they may not be the oldest and the youngest, yet they still have to lead. And the question is, how do you lead when you are uh, not necessarily the oldest and most experienced person on the team? And, and and I talk about the idea of slowing down. I talk about listening. I talk about asking uh, questions, observing, and 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 learning the team. And it sounds like it's almost like it's developing positive influence in that first early stages when you come into a role like that. I believe it does. And, you know, those of us that are in this role to positively influence through thought leadership and, and teaching people the things that you and I teach people, we all have very similar ways of presenting these ideas. What doesn't happen often is leaders don't slow down and think about what their influence is. They don't think about it in that tactical perspective. It's all very subjective, very reactive. We're oftentimes asking for forgiveness for our actions or for our words. And if we slow down, like you and I just talked about, we can be more positive sooner and we can leave a better influence, have a better influence on the foundation of our areas of influence. Mm. Well, you you talk about lead lead by example, and one of the things I I talk when I'm talking to these students too is that it's not just necessarily our words that have influence too. It's just our actions and what we set as priorities. They see it. Are are we late to meetings? Uh, are we um, uh, do we not address uh, you know bad behavior or bad performance? Do so. The, the, almost everything that we do affects our influence. I, I tell the story of of uh, of. When I went, went through the plant one time and I and I looked up and there wasn't a, a safety mirror. I'm, I'm, I'm in manufacturing. I looked up, there wasn't a safety mirror in, one, in a blind corner. And I just looked up and there was a, one of my employees was with me. I didn't say a word. I just looked. And the next day I came back, there was a mirror in that spot. And I never even mentioned it. And it was like, so we influence as leaders. We influence even sometimes without any words. And, and that's one of the things that I think is fascinating about influence is that all eyes are on you at all times. And so we influence others all, almost all the time. Yeah, you know, that's a good point, John, because we talk about the influence of our body language, the influence of our, our atonement, you know, how we act, uh, how we inspect. And as people work with us, they can pick up on those little key ideas and body movements we have and our eye movements and they can learn from that and they can also anticipate what it is we're doing 
and become better themselves. And they learn that from us being patient and us teaching them and slowing down and giving them an opportunity to learn from us. Yeah, yeah. I, I love this. I love this is such an interesting topic to me because I think you're right. We it's there. It's almost like the thing that we we do that we don't talk about or don't think about as leaders, but it's it's essential. It's 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 absolutely essential what we do. I think we take it for granted. I yeah. do this for a living just like you do, and I write about it and I still find myself taking my influence for granted. And it's because it is, it's just there. It's all around us all the time. And sometimes it's overwhelming to think about it, but then it's also empowering. Yeah. 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 So, so, so my question to you is we have like influence, influencers all around us, social media influencer. And I see these things all the time. People call themselves influencers, but that doesn't necessarily embody the idea you're talking about, about positive influence. What's the difference between an influencer and somebody who's a positive influencer? Well, I think some of those people could be positive influencers, or let me rephrase that. They are positive influence within their area of influence. I see what, to me, what happens is they become famous and then they try to step outside of their area of influence. And it's at that point that they risk being positive. When you have somebody who's on TikTok and, you know, doing this and everybody's turned them into a, a viral influencer, and then that person decides to give election advice or other kinds of advice that they're really not qualified for, but people actually listen to that. That's when they stop being a positive influence and they start being irresponsible with their influence. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we see that a lot where, yeah, people go out of their lane <laughs> and, and suddenly it's like, what are you talking about? It's not why, it's not why exactly. I watch your videos, right? Uh, so that it is true. That is true. Um, one of the things that uh, you talk about that's interesting to me is the idea of biases. And you say that uh, there are some biases that keep us from being influential leaders. So what are some things to, that we need to think about with respect to biases? Well, everything. So bias, you know, is something that has evolved in humans to protect us. Mm. Unfortunately, it's also evolved in humans to create bigotry and other problems within our race. And we need to understand what our biases are and the different levels of bias that we have. We have unconscious bias, subconscious bias, and conscious bias. And we don't know where our unconscious bias comes from. It's, it's not there. Subconscious, though, if you probe why you feel the way you do, you'll probably uncover where it came from. Mm. And the biases that damage us or hurt us or give us risk as leaders are, it could be age, it could be uh, education, it could be title bias, it could be brand bias or, you know, things like I'm only going to do business with Fortune 500 companies mm -hmm. or I'm only going to hire people who have four-year college degrees or I'm only going to uh, talk to people who are a certain type of intellectual or trade capability. And when we do these things, those are biases against anybody who doesn't fit in that square. And we lose the opportunity to listen to maybe somebody from outside this box that we've created and give us advantages and opportunities that we might never have thought we, we would have. 
And I have an example of that. There's a person in our organization that runs one of the largest divisions of our company who was the general manager of, of uh, a hotel that we owned. And he wanted to move away from Oregon after we sold the hotel. And I said, well, the only place I have for you is in a warehouse. And he said, I'll take it. And we put him in a warehouse, even though he was a general manager of a hotel. The reason we did it, I knew he could learn. I could trust him. And he was really good with people. And mm. all the technical skills we needed from him in that warehouse, he could learn. And now he runs the company. Uh, I love that. I love that. It, it, it's interesting, too, because, um, like you said, the biases sort of protect us, right? They help us. They keep us from harm. That's it's like an ancient thing in our brain, right? Uh, but it, it 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 does prevent us from like you know hearing alternative views, uh, meeting with people with different backgrounds, uh, educations, uh, the life experiences, and you know I I probably was guilty of that as a younger leader, sort of because you had like I had my this was this was my view of the world, and it's the right view of the world. But I would say as I, the older I get, the more and more I've been. Uh, pleasantly surprised, shocked, um, just by the, where the ideas have come from throughout all the years I've run business. They haven't always been from the highest educated person with the most experience. Oftentimes it comes from, you know, somebody who sees things a little bit differently. So I'm kind of always out looking for the crazy idea or the the uh, alternative idea that doesn't come from a mainstream thought process. So I think over the year, and I'm just curious, does that make sense that the older or more experience you have, the more you're willing to open up to alternative ideas? Or do we get more fixed with life, with, over life's uh, experiences? I, I think it's both, honestly. I think some people grow better than other people. Uh, those of us who have slowed down and thought about what it is to be a leader and what it is to lead many other people that come from diverse backgrounds we we approach these things a little bit differently we learn these lessons a little bit more consciously others have to be react learning to it something has to happen that forces them to slow down and say why don't i like this type of person or why won't i do business with these types of companies and then challenge the bias and have somebody give them that lesson and then they go oh wow look yeah Maybe I can apply that in other areas of my leadership. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. As a leader, you're responsible for the mission and the people assigned to you. Regardless of the size of your team, employees are depending on you for their lives and careers. For the sake of your team and the people who entrust you with this role, you need to master the skills to become a great leader. Best-selling leadership author John Rennie is proud to introduce the Qualified Leadership Book Series. This new series teaches you how to become a people-centered leader. Great leaders know that employees who are respected, appreciated, and allowed to grow will go the extra mile. These books provide real-world leadership wisdom written from a hands-on perspective. If you want to be a more effective leader, this is the one book series you should read this year. This three-book series contains the following best-selling leadership books. I Have the Watch, You Have the Watch, and All in the Same Boat for one low price of $39.99. Begin your journey to become a leader worth following. Go to johnsrenny.com and get your order in today. 
This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool. This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Liberty Strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at libertystrengthtx.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's I think that's good. I think sometimes we it's good to when 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 we um when we have an uh, an opportunity in life to that where something outside our conventions surprises us. I, I always love that. The you know, and I always say that well, this is just my experience. I always say the best ideas come from the quietest person in the room because that's my experience is that typically the introvert is is not talking in a meeting and, and they're thinking. And I'm always like, I'm always want I always want to talk to that person because I always feel like they have some idea they've been thinking about. They're just not necessarily that of the personality type that are willing to shout that idea out like others. So I always want to listen to the quietest person in the room because I'm always excited or I'm always, uh, uh, I'm always thinking that they've got something that, you know, worthy to say. And yeah. uh, so I always, I always look for that, look for the quietest person in the room. So again, that's maybe a bias of mine too, because I've had these aha moments come from those type of people. So, <laughs> yeah, I think you learn, you learn who those people are and not all of the quiet people are, but when you, when they drop those nuggets after yes. being quiet, then you learn that's the guy that's always going to sit over there and I'm going to have to maybe pull something out of them once in a while. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a fun, fun experience when you get surprised by those. So, um, what, one of the things you talk about is, um, that leaders, um, can help teams through their influence can help teams become more cohesive. So how does influence and cohesion, how are they tied together? Yeah. Well, when a leader helps the team understand 
the very things we've been talking about, listening to learn, challenging their biases, understanding what each of them does and what role they play and what influence they have within that role. And the more transparent leaders are with their teams and the more transparent a leader allows their team to be, the more cohesive that team becomes. And we see that. And I don't care if it's a team of two, 10, 20. Whenever you apply that, it works. And humans like to collaborate, generally speaking. There's always exceptions. <laughs> and humans like to succeed. They like to overcome challenges. Um, there's still a power struggle. But once they learn those dynamics and they're honest with each other about the individual dynamics their team has, and they establish what the hierarchy is going to be for a project or for a process, it begins to work really well because they all agree to it. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I, I do think that um, that we can help. I think as leaders, we can help build that cohesion because um, I think sometimes just clarifying things, because I think sometimes one what what of the things I've noticed is that good people can disagree on ways of getting things done, right? So they may know, they may know the goal, Right. But they all may have a different opinion of how to get to that goal. And I think part of one of the jobs that leaders do is sort of help people to make sure that they're aligned uh, and that, that they're that they're not spending their time in conflict because good people can come up with different ways of doing things. And I think sometimes the leader has to get involved to help resolve that conflict so it doesn't become it doesn't go from like task conflict to personality conflict. Right. We we want the task conflict. We want good debate over best ways of doing things. We don't want this inner inner uh, inner team rivalry happening. So I think part of our, our influence is to keep keep our teams focused and and aligned and not not get into strife. Because I think sometimes I've 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 found where teams are sort of left alone where the leader is sort of disengaged, then you can you end up getting more conflict than you have cohesion. And I think that's so there's like this um there's like a play that you have that's like too much too much influence and it and it's um and you're micromanaging not enough and you and you're absent. I think the leader has to play that role of what's the right distance with this team at this time. Yeah, I, I, that's perfect. Exact, John. I would couldn't agree more with that at all. And you got to learn your teams to know which one needs a little bit more and which one needs a little bit less. And what we do, I think, is just bring context. We bring context to what needs to be done. We bring context to how they're influencing us as a leader and what we can do to support them. And we just help kind of unravel the little knots that get tied in yeah. these teams and get them moving in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. So uh, one of the things we have to do as leaders is we have to hold people accountable, <laughs> accountable to results, accountable to commitments, accountable to the rules. Um, how do we hold people accountable as leaders, but also keep our interactions uh, positive so we, we maintain that positive uh, influence? Yeah. So for us, we teach SMART. So if, if you don't, SMART goals are pretty well known. We actually convert them into SMART communication and SMART tactics. Nice. And we challenge that. When you give somebody direction, it's smart, it's specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. And we get feedback from them on that. We ask them, is this a realistic, can you get this done? Is this the right time? Do you have all the measurements you need? Do you have all the specifics? And these are smart communications that happen. 
And when you do that, accountability happens because, because the expectations are set up front and agreed up front in a smart way. We rarely have accountability issues. And when we do, they're generally exceptional. And we find where smart wasn't actually played out. We we could go to it and say, look, we missed specifics. We missed a measurement. We didn't, we didn't understand something. So attainment or realism wasn't right. Or we didn't know that something else was happening. So it wasn't the right time, but there's always a breakdown in smart and part of learning and understanding accountability is applying smart and, and being more quick about applying it and getting through that cycle faster and not making that same mistake again. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think, you know, one of the areas that we where leadership can get tied up is is when there's miscommunication on especially on a project. And um, you know, it's like the worst thing in the world. You get to the end of something and you realize that that the the person doing the work did it wrong. Right. And, 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 and you feel bad because you know, it's your mistake as a leader. And, and anytime there's communication, there's, there's a sender and a receiver and the sender has their intentions and the reader or the listener will, will have their own biases in their mind as far as what they're thinking you're saying. And I think the idea of using smart communications uh, and tactics is the idea of being very specific uh, so that you know, there is no miscommunication because one of the areas that, that we, that, that, that can, we can struggle and we can waste time and we can burn a lot of uh, extra energy and create frustration for our team is when they're doing work that isn't what we, what we as the leader intended for them to do. So I like, I like this idea of using the smart goals mindset and bring it into uh, communications. That makes Yeah. Sense. It's been very, it's been very effective, John, for us. The number yeah. one thing is when you have a team that's all on the smart playbook, all they have to say to each other is, what wasn't smart about this? And everybody knows what that means. And yeah. they get to resolution much faster. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. That's good. Uh, that's good. It's, it gives you a, um, a systematic way of doing communications that everyone can get on board with. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so the follower can say something like, uh, I'm not clear on the timeline here. Right. Exactly. I'm not clear on the specifics here like this, What you know, and so they can push back. But if you if you, the entire organization is on a smart frame, the, the follower knows they can push back if there's one item that's been sort of left off or is vague. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not just left on the leader. I like that. That's that's yeah. definitely a, a different way of, of approaching communication that I've heard before. So I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's been very effective for us and for our clients. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So when, what, when it comes to one of the areas that we deal with a lot in, in business is uh, generation, different generational point of views. Um, I'm getting now I'm 56 years old. I'm getting on the, on the, on the, the latter end of uh, the, the age in the workplace. Uh, I was always the young guy for, and suddenly it's changed. But so what are some things we need to think about with respect to generational points of view when it comes to positive influencing people? Yeah, I think it takes us back to our earlier discussion about listening to learn, uh, ditching the bias, like you're too young, I'm not going to listen to you, or you're not educated enough, or you don't have enough experience. And We need to build bridges, and they don't have to be solid bridges at first. They could be rope bridges at first. And 
We have to build bridges to the other generations. We have to listen to them. We have to include them. We have to be transparent with them. And then we have to share with them the exact same thing. We're going to do this with you. Maybe you should try doing it with us. Let's find a way to meet in the middle and make this gap that everybody thinks should be between us gone. And we can solve this together. Yeah, it goes back to that bias thing you were talking about earlier, too. We can be biased towards, oh, this is a millennial, you know, and they're going to do, they're going to think this way. Or, you know, this person's a new employee. One of one of my biggest pet peeves is um, the way we treat new employees often. You know, I did 22 years in corporate. And one of the things I saw is we took young people who worked really hard to get their degree Um were excited to come work for our great company. They, 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 this was their dream job. And then we take them, we put them in a corner in a cubicle and we give them grunt work to do. And we never give them a chance to work on the big projects and to make a difference. And the mindset is, is, well, you got to earn your keep just like I did. And, 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 and to, to be honest with you, a lot of those people get frustrated. You know, they come in and they're excited. They want, they're given a hundred percent everything. And, and after the first year, they're given 50%, you know, or maybe 30% because they realize that, oh, I'm I'm just going to be doing grunt work for the next five years. And so that excitement level, that passion they have for coming to our companies goes away because we don't give young people a chance to do, to, to, to make their mark or give them a chance to push themselves. So I see that uh, bias quite heavy in corporate. And it's because we have a mindset of, safety. We don't want anything to go wrong. Everything has to go right. We're, we don't want any mistakes. And the thing is that th- that's where people learn. We have to give them the opportunity to do projects, uh, make mistakes. And and so, you know, if listeners, if you're listening in, you know, find your young people, give them something to do that's meaningful. And uh, you're more likely to have a uh, an employee a lot longer if you're going to give them challenging projects and things to do. And don't just think because they're young and they're inexperienced that they can't contribute. So, that's one of my pet peeves. So you, I had to jump on that one. So, yeah, well, that's a good one. And you're right. Give the young people a chance. Challenge them. You, you, you might be surprised how they rise. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, sometimes we, as leaders, we don't want to challenge people. We think we're being nice by not giving people challenging assignments. But I know you're probably like me. I wanted the hard things. Give me the hard things. I want to do the hard things. And mm-hmm. that's where I, that's where I, I, that's where I find my fulfillment is doing difficult things. And so many of our employees are like that too. They want to do the hard things. And so if we keep all the hard things away from them, they feel like we don't care. We're not giving them anything that, uh, you know, any challenging assignments. And they're like, this is boring, you know? Or worse, we don't trust them. Yeah. You know, yeah. And when, when a human feels untrusted, you're losing them quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's not a good place to be for sure. No. So uh, what final message would you like to leave with our audience about this really important topic? Yeah, you know, the the message, John, that I like to leave every time is that every person matters in your organization. And that includes the people that aren't in your organization, but influence your organization, your people's families, Um, you know, the people in their spheres of influence. But everybody matters. And no matter where you're at and your station in life, You have a purpose and do that purpose to the best of your ability and you will always keep going forward because you matter. And I think people forget that they matter. They lose they lose sight of contextually just how important they are. There isn't anything in this world, this building I'm sitting in, started with people who dug ditches. 
And w- without them, we wouldn't have this building. That's monumentally important. I think we lose sight of just how important every single person is in our society. Well, I could not have said that better myself because that's something I truly <laughs> believe in too. So, Peters, that's a great message to end this conversation with is that every person matters in your organization. Absolutely important. Uh, and I love that, how we ended on that note. Uh, Brian, how can people find out more about you, your company, and this new book that you have out? Yep, well, our company is iabusinessadvisors.com. And you can go there and, and read all about uh, what we do. We have a prolific blog page. Uh, we have a podcast called The Daily Influence. Um, our books are available on Amazon, uh, Positive Influence, uh, Build the I and Team, and Individual Influence, Find the I and Team. And my new book's coming out in the first quarter next year, and it's called Responsible Influence. So uh, we're really excited about that as we continue this work in the influence world. I sense a, a theme. <laughs> yes. The I and team is influence, is it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love that. It's it's really it's really uh, a great message. And uh, we're going to go ahead and put links in the show notes, listeners, for all of those resources. I highly encourage you to get this book. I think you, we don't, as, as uh, Brian mentioned, we sort of, overlook the idea of influence. It's there, it's in the room with us, but we kind of we overlook it. And uh, if you really want to be effective as a leader, you need to be thinking about influence and thinking about your personal influence that you have on your team. Uh, and as uh, Brian mentioned, and their families as well. So uh, you're not just affecting, you know, the the 12 people in the room with you, it's their families and, and uh, that you're influencing as well. So very important thing to remember as leaders. So Brian, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I, I learned a lot, and uh, I'm really excited about this idea of influence and the work that you're doing with the books uh, that you're writing on the subject. So thanks for coming on the show, and thanks for doing what you're doing. John, thank you for having me. It's been a, it's been a great time. Thank you. Thank you again. Well, that is it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Hi, I'm Lessa Godet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. 
I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women.